Good morning, everybody. Hey, welcome to Tuesday, July 27th, as we kind of wind down. Uh, yesterday uh, ended up being an okay day. Uh, we uh, did okay. We'll have to see today's not moving in the right direction as we um, see what's happening in the economic numbers. We had some numbers come out yesterday. We'll talk about that. And the numbers that came out this morning, more when Dave joins us in just a minute. But before we do that, just a reminder that there's only one thing that any of us can control within our portfolio, and that's how much risk we have. And if you don't know exactly how much risk you have in your portfolio, that can be problematic down the road. Give us a call at 863 382-0037 to schedule your financial x-ray. That number again, 863-382-0037. Hey, with that, uh, Dave will be up and join us here next. In Florida, isn't it? Yes. 8.38 here, 22 now before 9. Let's check in on money and see what Wall Street's doing to us this morning. We're... Kind of starting out with a little bit of a whimper this morning after a bang-up day yesterday. Let's go check in with Philip Statler from Statler Financial Services and discuss what's going on. Philip, good morning. How you doing today? Hey, good morning, Dad. Doing well today. You know, the, the markets were uh, nothing to get excited about from what we closed out yesterday. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm a little bit more excited about today. Not that it's going up, but that it's going down. Um, and with some of the numbers that have come in, it, it just gives me some, uh, I don't know, some reason to pause and really kind of think about what's happening in our economy. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, to set the table yesterday, uh, you know, it was a modest day. The Dow was up 83. The S&P was up by 10 and a half and the NASDAQ was up by three and three quarters. And that was enough to give us three record highs for the three primary indexes in one day. So, yeah, it looks like everything's coming up roses. But then we kind of took the bloom off the rose a little bit midday yesterday with new housing sales, which was nowhere near what we'd like to see. Correct. That's right. I mean, it took a little while to dig these numbers up. But uh, new home sales in June were 767,000. And, and the number I had expectation wise was like 795,000. So, so that was 100,000 miss on that, that front. And they, they moved May rate down some too. So, and just to give you an idea of what that means, if you go back to June of 2020, uh, a year ago, uh, new home sales were 839,000. So it's uh, it's a, almost a 20% decline from where we were this time last year. So that's, uh, that's a big difference. For frame of reference, you got to throw in the fact that comparison to June of 2020, we were pretty much locked down solid too, and we were doing more new home sales then than we are now. Uh, that, that's right. So I think in that... Uh, you know, this is, uh, I did see an article. I, I didn't get a chance to actually read the whole article. I, I saw the headlines that caught my attention. And I, now I can't find it. But it's uh, talking about how based on that uh, information that uh, that we may be at the end, that, that we may have, you know, that bubble may be bursting soon. And so it uh, it obviously gives us some reason to uh, to have a little concern here. Uh, when we look at the housing market, because it controls so much of our economic bandwidth. Absolutely. $100,000 worth of construction budget makes a big difference. And in today's world, is closer to 250000 for many markets for the average home. 
we can only cross our fingers. And you and I both look at pundits saying this might be the end. Well, they always want to be the one to say, I predicted it. And when they're wrong, we just forget about it. But we can cross our fingers that it's materials cost related. And existing home sales and mortgage indexes are probably going to be real telling based upon that new home sales figures, isn't it? It, it really will because those things will will you know adjust based on the the house prices and the sales volume. Uh, yep. But but one of the things of, that I, I remember uh, seeing, Dave, is that you know lumber prices dropped forty percent in uh, in uh, in June. Which, if that was the cause, we'll end up seeing July figures looking a ton better, and that's kind of that confirm or deny element again, right? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> so we're kind of, I'm kind of taking the Pollyanna side of the thing, as I don't want this thing to end. But uh, yeah, there are some uh, chinks in the armor, without a doubt whatsoever. Then we come back to this morning, and we get the durable goods report. This is uh, companies buying stuff that'll last. We were expecting an increase of 2.1 percent in durable goods purchases. The good news is the number went up. The bad news is about a 60 percent miss. We came in at eight tenths of a percent. Once again, kind of an El Stinko report that says we're going in the right direction, just nowhere near as fast as we need to. Nowhere near as fast and nowhere as fast as the month before, right? The previous month, that number was actually up 2.3%. So, so the expectation was a little decline from, from May, but that's a huge decline from, from growth in, in terms of the rate of growth that was expected. So, man, when that number hit... Um, the uh, the futures did start a, a, a pretty fast move down more, but it, it has actually gone back the other way now, Dave. Now, some, again, something we've both been saying all along, the stock market is a uh, future indicator. And when we get words about durable goods orders not being anything resembling what they expected, a lot of investors ended up changing their expectations a little, didn't they? Yeah, they, they did, you know, and remember, that's looking ahead, and the numbers we're talking about are the numbers from behind. So that's the other thing, too, that they look at is, well, okay, that's what it was now. Maybe, may, so maybe we'll get a bump this year or this no, month. We can always cross our fingers in that direction. We're also in the middle of earnings season, and we had quite a few out, and probably the headline of the bunch that I saw was, holy crud, Tesla makes a billion dollars in profit. How can you do that when they, when they only sold 100 cars? Well, I think they sold a few more than 100, Dave. You know, that's just... Uh... <laughs> Volume, though, they ain't would be a fair way to put it. That's right. So they earned a $1.45 a share um, for the second quarter, and they were only expected to make about $0.98. Cents. So so a big beat for them there on on the, the earnings per share, and they beat on revenue. Um, so they, uh, they had a really success during the second quarter of the year, um, around the world, really. And so they've been able to kind of navigate some of the supply chain issues, they said. And so uh, obviously they are getting a nice little bump this morning. They uh, they closed up yesterday, Dave, up 2.2%. Mm -hmm. And now today they're up another 1.6% before we get open. This one could be the star of the stock market for the moment. I, I make fun of Tesla because it's fun making fun of Elon Musk, but it's got to be kept in mind that the Tesla cars 
that's just a part of that conglomerate. They're also the big battery producer for a whole lot of applications, including uh, solar walls and whatnot down the line. So when Tesla makes a run and ton of money, uh, the cars might be doing okay, but it's their other businesses that do so doggone well, like, oh, space exploration. No, that, that, that's true. So, but let me just kind of throw this in there. Their year-to-date stock price is actually still down almost 7%. Really? Yeah. Well, there ought to be a turnaround over the next couple of days off of that, if there's any indication that he can hold it. I did notice one sidebar. Elon Musk said, that's it. I'm not doing any more earnings conference calls. I've had enough. You just take the numbers and look at them, which in the case of a weirdo like Elon Musk, probably will be good for the company's stock. Hey, it probably would. You know, they said he really bashed Apple a couple times throughout his earnings report. Yeah, he's an odd duck to begin with, and you never know what he's going to say on a conference call that could tank his own stock. So if Elon Musk isn't doing conference calls, it's probably good for Tesla stockholders. <laughs> uh, Got some other indications out from earnings season so far? We do. You know, it's, time, it's, it's that time, right? we got a slew of them coming in. So let's start out with UPS. Um, they, uh, they, they beat on both top and bottom line which sounds really good, right? And because they beat pretty well, they beat by probably almost uh, 22, 24 cents a share. However, their domestic revenue came up shy of expectations. And wow. so um, they're getting punished for that today. Um, they're down almost 2.2% uh, this morning before we get going. Which for, for them is about $4.50. How with all the mail ordering we've been doing and everything end up, uh, can UPS actually be down on revenue domestically? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe people here are finally, because of summer, maybe they kind of given, you know, their vacation, they're doing other things and not ordering quite as much online. Could be it. But that's, uh, yeah, I see them on my big loser list this morning. They're toward the top of it, as a matter of fact. Uh, yeah, they, they probably are. The other one I have is um, uh, Black & Decker, Stanley Black & Decker, uh, the tool maker. They'd be by 18 cents a share, came in at like $3.08, revenue ahead of expectations. They uh, they came out and raised their full-year outlook, expecting growth and, and stronger pricing to help offset some of the cost issues that they're coming up against. Um, so that's um, that's kind of some good news for them. They're up a little over a tenth of a percent this morning. Then we got the likes of uh, General Electric. General Electric? Not the same company it has always been. Um, kind of like IBM, it's had to you know reinvent itself. It's had a lot more difficulty doing that though uh, than IBM has. Uh, but it beat the forecast and surprised analysts with uh, a positive cash flow for the quarter. Um, yeah, they earned five cents a share compared to the two cents they were expected. Revenue beat also. Um, getting some strong performance out of this aviation and power divisions. So they're trading up almost 3% this morning, which is which is pretty good for them. That's right. They kept their jet engine stuff. That was about the only thing that we know GE used to make that they still have. Yeah, that, that's right. They, they do. And that's uh, that's kind of been their, uh, maybe their saving grace at this point. Sounds like it. Other big the, um, names. That, oh, got enough time for a couple more. All right. So let's look at um, 3M. You know, I call it the sticky note people. They... Mm -hmm. uh, they beat on earnings and revenue also. Uh, they raise their full year guidance. Um, they think that they're going to do a good job of recovering and not getting much help. They're up uh, almost, not quite, but almost two tenths of a percent this morning. 
And then uh, I, I got two more for you. Let's look at Sherman Williams, which we would mm -hmm. think maybe they'd do okay because of construction. Um, sure. But they uh, they missed by three cents a share. They still made money. Don't get me wrong. They made $2.65 a share. Um, revenue was basically in line with expectations. Um, so, yeah, the, the I guess the um, do-it-yourselfer is uh, doing other stuff now. Not not quite as uh, impacted by COVID. They're trading down 2.6% today. And a little bit of a shortfall might very well kind of confirm our new home numbers that we had yesterday, too. Allied uh, industry starting to feel the pinch. That, that, that's true. And the last one I have for you is Polaris Industries. You know, they're the ones that make the jet skis and the forerunners and all that kind of stuff. Um, they beat uh, by about 51 cents a share. Their revenue, though, came in as expected. They... Uh, They've lowered some of their costs. They've been able to increase their, their pricing. All those things have been good for them. Um, they, they closed yesterday up 3.5%. They actually haven't traded yet this morning, so there's no future indication of what it looks like this morning. All righty. Resetting the table. It was an update yesterday, not a spectacularly update, but it was enough to set some new records. We're talking about some not to uh, not to our liking economic numbers to kick our efforts off this morning, 45 minutes before we start. What are we looking at, Philip? So right now we're looking at a mixed bag, yeah, better than what it was earlier when I got to first start following the markets this morning. But the Dow is down a quarter of a percent. S&P 500 is down a little over a tenth of a percent. And the Nasdaq is up Oh, not quite even a tenth of a percent. So, um, so we're getting that. The small cap, uh, the Russell 2000 is actually down the biggest of all today, down seven tenths of a percent. Hmm. Um, and then the commodities index, we've got silver trading down about six tenths of a percent, gold trading up three tenths, and crude oil is actually flat right now at $71.91 a barrel. I could live with the trading range. I'd just rather it be about $5 a barrel lower than that, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I agree with you. <laughs> Overseas markets. Generally off in the Asian rim this morning, kind of following our futures. Europe is off pretty substantially as well by a half a percent or better halfway through their day. Same rationale. Our futures and our economic reports weren't what was expected. Uh, we have been talking about this for eons now, Philip. You can't control the markets, and heck, nobody can really predict them. You and I can't figure out what the housing numbers exactly mean. That means uh, limiting your risk in your retirement fund counts for a lot if you're getting close. How do I find you to try to do that? It really does, Dave. You know, the only thing that anybody can control within their portfolio is how much risk they have. And uh, because you're right, nobody controls the markets. So to find out exactly what risk you have, give us a call at 863. 382-0037. That would get you started in the right direction. And then uh, check out our website, statlerfinancial.com, and then join us this weekend for the Statler Financial Radio Show, 6 a.m. and noon on Saturday, 10 a.m. Sunday morning on Highlands News Talk, 730. All righty. Back again here tomorrow morning as well. Thank you so much, Philip, and we'll see you then. All right? All right, man. You have a great day. Thank you. Take care. It's 105.7 Light FM and Statler Financial Services. Philip Statler. Hey, folks, I, I want to thank you for joining us today. It is Tuesday. Um, it looks like we might, uh, I don't know, we might start down. We, we could bounce up uh, based on what I'm looking at right now. But hey, again, I want to thank you for joining us.
let your friends and family know we're out there. We post this almost every day. I look forward to speaking to you guys again tomorrow. Take care. Bye now.